Produced by PI Media. Hi and welcome back to Checkpoint Radio's Cyber Academy. I'm Ran Levy. In our previous two episodes, we covered the topics of software vulnerabilities and bots. This week, Yaniv Balmas, head of cyber research at Checkpoint, will help us understand what's exactly the difference between three closely related terms, a virus, a worm, and a Trojan. But before we dive into this episode's content, a listener named John sent me an email with this interesting question, which I'm sure many of our listeners ask themselves while listening to our conversation in episode two about botnets. Uh, here's what John wrote, quote, Hi, Ran, interesting discussion about botnets. I'm curious, once someone other than the botnet master gains control of the CNC server, why don't they just send a command that results in the uninstallation or disabling of the bot? Surely this is the most effective way to dismantle the network. Cheers, end quote. Now, Yaniv, hi, hi. first of all, um, You've got to admit, John has a point. A botnet's command and control server, if it has one, of course. Some botnets don't, as we explained in the episode itself. But if it has one, that's definitely a weakness that can be exploited. And if so, why not uninstall the bot from the infected computers once we gain control over the net? Well, first of all, the question is... totally legitimate and it makes uh, perfect sense but what maybe John is missing here um, is that the first part taking over the CNC is completely not trivial um, and it's not something that happens a lot uh, in fact it very very rarely happens um, and once it happens then yes whoever has control of the CNC uh, hopefully it's the good guys um, they can perform an operation that we call um, in the industry as takedown. So we want to take down the CNC server. Um, there are multiple ways to do that. And historically, there, there have been several cases in which uh, this has been done. Um, just recently, uh, one of the major biggest botnets that was uh, around for the past five or six years, it's called Emotet, uh, was actually taken down. A banking uh, Trojan, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, it started, right? it started, money. It started off as a banking Trojan, yeah. but, but really it did a lot of everything. One of the fundamental parts of the cybercrime uh, ecosystem. Um, so it was taken down, and it was taken down by a joint uh, effort by several police departments uh, led by Europol, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you must understand that... Um, Taking down a botnet, uh, although it sounds easy, like pressing a button, there is a lot of issues. Some of them are legal issues, others are technical issues. Um, I mean, what kind of legal issue can prevent us from uninstalling you know, a bot on somebody else's computer? Right? Pressing a button on the, on the server, sending the uninstall button. Yeah. command yeah so what kind of legal issue are we facing here so let's play an imagine imaginary game here let's say that me and you now sit down and uh, poof we got control over some CNC server right now if in order to do this uninstall uh, operation we actually need to send a command to all victim computers and What it means is that basically we are uh, doing something active with these computers and basically running code on these computers now that's not something that should be uh, you know uh, considered uh, uh, without any dangerous uh, yeah, maybe uh, this computer is sits on some hospital for example 
And by actually uninstalling the bot, now there's the blue screen of death in right. the Windows computer. Right. You know, it's, maybe uh, we killed someone. If you had any sort of bug, then maybe you did something very, very wrong. And uh, legally, you'll be exposed because you did it. So you won't be different in the eyes of the laws than the ones who actually uh, operate the botnet. So I'm not saying that it's impossible. It is possible, but it's an operation. It's a surgical operation that should be done with law enforcement and very, very, very carefully. Uh, but it did happen historically. Again, very rarely rarely yeah. so John the basic answer is it's possible but it's complicated you don't do that without any, any thinking at all you're talking about millions of computers and sending commands to millions of computers really impacts people's lives okay so once we answered that question and of course I encourage you our listeners to send in more questions if you have them let's turn to the topic at hand a virus a worm and a Trojan. These are names that get thrown all the time in cybersecurity, yet it's not so easy to see the difference between them. So, Yaniv, let's talk about these types of malware and what they have in common and what are the differences between them. So, the first question is, is there a distinction between these three types of malware? Well, Or is uh, it just the same word thrown in different variations? The answer is not very straightforward and maybe in order to answer that correctly we need to better understand the history of malware uh, which might by the way be a topic for a next episode let's think about that mm -hmm. but um, you see um, in the early days of the internet malware viruses they were pretty simple and it was possible to categorize them to pretty well according to several categories and that's where these categories actually came from so you mean it's a legacy from the earlier history of cybersecurity yes definitely so once upon a time there was either a virus or a worm or a Trojan and there was a very good distinction between them and you can just classify each one if it's that or that or that so Today, the situation is completely different, but still we use these terms and we can and we can talk about that a bit later. but mm -hmm. let's start off by saying, okay, so what was this distinction? Yeah, for example, what is a virus? I yeah. mean when I was younger, everybody was talking about viruses. Uh, the term malware is I think relatively new in the way we use it. There were just viruses that we, people were talking about. What's a vi virus? Right. So basically virus is some piece of code. Uh, that's supposed to create some kind of damage to your computer. That's its main purpose and that's what it does. So that is a virus, very simple. Actually very similar to what we refer today as malware, right? Okay, so that's basically a malware that does some damage. So what is a worm? A worm is the name that was given to some piece of software that was used to uh, spread around. autonomously so once it's installed on a system all it does is just spread around to other systems and while you know in today's terms we think okay it doesn't make any sense just to spread around and do nothing but historically there were malware that did exactly that it was when malware authors were experimenting with with the internet let's call it like that yeah so I, they, they I were actually remember a famous sort of famous story about an experiment uh, in the late 70s I think and in which two uh, computer scientists, there were no malware experts back then, I guess, and they actually tried using worms that spread in, you know, between computers autonomously, as you said, to do useful work, 
like rendering graphics when people are you know at home with their families the computers will be rendering graphics for example so there was the idea of a spreading software right that that's completely right and we're but we're talking about spreading what kind of mechanisms maybe as an example a worm can use to spread autonomously let's think of I don't know a simple scenario where you have you want to infect a lot of web servers right and you know that one specific web server has this you vulnerability that uh, allows you to send a file and that file would be executed on the web server right so if you know that this kind of thing exists then you can basically infect one web server and the code that will run on that web server will basically look for other servers and do the same thing mm-hmm. over and over and over again and therefore it will create a warm that's the definition uh, yeah speaking of the history of computers there was one very think famous worm the Morris worm I think it was in 1988 and And it spread much like you explained it took control of a um, mail servers email servers I think if it was yeah and then each server infected other servers connected to it right okay so that's a worm a software that can spread autonomously what about a Trojan what's a Trojan well a Trojan basically refers more to the method of delivery uh, of the virus or the worm and and what it means is that the attacker needs to send you something that looks like something legit uh, but at the end of the day it won't be something legit and that's the reference to a Trojan horse right you think you got a present and you click it and you find out or you don't that you got something completely different and that's where the name Trojan came from yeah I think when I when I was younger the I think the One of the biggest worries that we had was when you're downloading software from the internet. Back then there were lots of, of websites like two cows and you know downloading software was was deemed normal thing and you never really knew what you got when you downloaded <laughs> until, until you executed <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, antivirus software were relatively young and uh, it was always a game of chance a Russian roulette if you think. <laughs> Okay, so we understand now what's the basic difference. We've got a virus, which is a kind of umbrella term for a software that, makes, that causes damage. We've got a worm that spreads on a, autonomously, and we've got a Trojan that is a malware that can masquerade to something else. You touched upon it a bit in the, in, you know, in the beginning of what you said, but how common is it today to actually encounter you know, a pure malware that, is one of, that falls exactly into one of these things? three categories I think that's the main point here and and that those definitions were right for maybe 20 or 30 years ago as we said when malware were very you know easily distinctable between these categories since then a lot of time passed right eternity in the in, in, in internet times and malware have developed and today it's almost impossible to find a malware that matches only one of these categories uh, actually throughout the years there were other categories that, w- that were added to this list and I think today's malware they kind of do bit of everything so they are both Trojan I mean they are delivered as something that you don't know and they do some damage or steal some data from your computer and usually they also uh, or at least sometimes they also auto spread to other places so it's kind of a mixture of them all yet 
sometimes you do hear uh, that, okay, this worm appeared. So why do we still call it yeah. a worm? That's, that, that's kind of a, a good question. And I think the, the right answer is that malware are usually uh, defined by their major uh, functionality. So although they do everything, there is sometimes one functionality that really uh, makes this really, really, really dangerous. Just for example, a few years ago, there was this huge story and huge uh, thing on the internet called WannaCry, in which there was this vulnerability and there was this malware that wiped all the all the computers and several big organizations just, you know... Yeah, lots of hospitals, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, w- it was a big internet catastrophe. And what made this really, really, really dangerous is the auto-spreading uh, ability that this malware had. So yes, it was a wiper, and yes, it was delivered as something that it wasn't supposed to be, But what made the biggest impact was the fact that when you have an infected computer, now it can infect millions of other computers uh, in the world, making this actually an epidemic uh, kind of malware. And this uh, ability was the defining ability. And that's why uh, this WannaCry attack is commonly referred to as WARM. Although it's not, you know... It's not a pure. It's not a pure. pure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think uh, that kind of uh, explains to our listeners uh, what we really wanted to say. I mean, we started to sum up. We, we started with asking, what are those terms that we hear so often? And as you said, these go back to the very beginning of the Internet when things were a bit simpler and there was a virus and there was a worm. Nowadays, it's much more complicated because lots of malware are kind of a mix of all those different properties. But still, if we encounter a malware that has one defining ability, one defining functionality, we usually name the type according to that functionality. So thank you very much, Yaniv. It's been a real eye-opener. That's it for this episode of Checkpoint Cyber Academy. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you have any questions for Yaniv or do you have suggestions for future episodes of Cyber Academy, let us know. My email address is ran at ranlevy.com. That's R-A-N-L-E-V-I. And you can also find me on Twitter at at ranlevy. For more episodes of our podcast, visit research.checkpoint.com and look for the Checkpoint Radio banner at the top right corner or search for Checkpoint Research in your favorite podcast application. Checkpoint Radio is produced by PI Media. Yotam Alachmi is our producer. Learn more at podil.net. P-O-D-I-L.net. Bye-bye.